You're listening to The Roost Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Roost. We're Hello. we're on Con Prep Edition Part 2. We're turning out another episode. Yeah, that's right, two episodes in one night. What are the chances? Well, considering how long it's been since you put out an episode, uh, oh. I put it at like 1 in 184. Well, I mean, let's also be honest. It's a discount episode because you're not getting Chelsea. You're just getting Ray. Only Ray. Only Ray. Hello. We'll have the Ray Show podcast one time where it's just only Ray. Oh, boy. Talking about his thoughts, his deep, dark thoughts. I don't think we can do that as an episode. Yeah, we can. I don't think you can do that as an episode. Why not? I'm pretty sure your podcast is going to get banned in the European Union if you have that episode. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so let's... uh. So what were we talking about last time? We talked about E3, we talked about Zelda, we talked about Pokemon, uh, we talked about Mario, we talked about all this fun stuff. Uh, new intern, uh, some, we mentioned something about magic this episode, don't oh, right. really remember yeah, why. Yeah, so let's jump in and talk about magic. So we were going to talk about Anime Boston, right? Where are we? Oh, yeah. The so first Zangief. Anime Boston. Zangief. Zangief, yes. Oh, so, what a guy. So we met this awesome cosplayer. Never got his name. He, the first day that he was there, he wore nothing but a banana hammock as Zangief. Like you should. Yep. He was the proper bear mode for Zangief. He, he did. He wasn't ma- too he buff. Mohawk. He was buff enough. Like, he was, like, well-built, you know. Little hairy. Not too hairy. Got the proper haircut. He actually cut his hair into a mohawk for Zangief. And he talked in, like, a Russian accent. And it was freaking sick. So, Zangief was, uh... Probably the best cosplayer we saw there. He was also super nice. We, uh... When we were working Chelsea's booth, we were selling grab boxes for mochis. And he wanted I'm to... stuffing mochis right yeah, now. we're stuffing uh, mochis right now. So many mochis. So what happened... Hundreds of mochis. Yeah, basically. So what happened was, was that... Uh, Zangief was like, I want to sponsor... I want to support you guys because you guys are cool. But I don't really want anything. So he started buying mochis and then started handing them out to random girls that walked on by or small children. And he was like, I just want the chicken mochi that you have in there. I know you have one in there that's left, so I'm just going to keep buying them until I get it. And then he bought them all. <laughs> he never got one. As yeah. it turns out, there wasn't one left. Yeah. I lied to him for money. Well, you didn't lie to him. We just didn't know because we weren't there all day. I mean, you didn't know. Oh, okay. But, I mean, it was super nice. He was a great guy. He gave a bunch of stuff away. And at the end, when he didn't get one, he was just like, yeah, I don't care. It was still really fun. He's He dropped, like, 50, or, like... A, what was it, like, 200, 100? No, it was, like, 100 bucks. Yeah. He dropped to the table, just giving away stuff to people. And you know what? It made a little kid's day, too. Oh, yeah. He walked up to, like, a little girl or a little boy, I don't remember, and he just gave him a mochi. It was just like, I know you don't have money, but here you go. I don't know. It's weird, right? He shoots and he misses. Oh, God. So we're going to be working all night, so we're going to need to talk about random stuff. Well, not so random stuff. Uh, we... T- we want to talk about magic, right? So, how do you like the fact that them Gaius cradles are getting bought out? And everything else is... Alright, so let's explain the situation before... Yeah, I feel like you gotta... For those of you who don't play magic... And for those of you who aren't familiar with magic, there has been a recent going on. Going ons. Where a guy has publicly been announcing he's 
basically taking out a large loan to buy a ton of cards that are already expensive to dry, to artificially reduce supply. Thus driving the pr- up the price. The price gets driven up to where you can sell them back to card shops for a profit. And you'll sell them two or three at a time just enough to pay off that loan and then once the loan's paid off, everything else is profit. And he's making like 50 to to $100 per card. Now, for a lot of people in the magic community, people are calling for his head, calling him Hitler, calling him the Pharaoh, whatever. But... Oh, I mean, I was kind of irked when I saw it earlier today. Oh, yeah, no, it's a douchey thing to do. Listen, good and evil has to be set aside on this one, though, because this is an inevitability in any collectible hobby. Right. Like, when it comes to collectibles, you know, Magic's 23 years old and still the new kid on the block. Like, Mm -hmm. when it's compared to stamp collecting, coin collecting, comics, like... This is something that's done in every other collector's hobby. And the most recent example has been a card called Lion's Eye Diamond that five years ago, yeah, it was a $30 piece of cardboard. And then it just kind of slowly crept up to $100 this year, five years later. And then overnight, it became $250. And And this guy posted a video of himself buying out all of them from every major site. The guy bought hundreds of them. Just and so that he could drive up the price. He's driven up the price. It's $150 more now, so he's selling them and making an $80 profit per card. Now, we could talk about ethics any day about trying to do this, but I don't think that, that it's our place to talk about it right now. I mean, it's something that's inevitable in these kinds of hobbies. And for people who do, but instead of other hobbies where this happens, like coin collecting, stamp collecting, you have a player base that, you know, we <coughs> we pay for those cards because we want to use them. And this guy is someone who doesn't play the game. He's just making money off it. Now, there's one other thing that goes against normal collecting hobbies like stamp collecting and coin collecting where you know with coin collecting and stamp collecting they don't make those anymore for a reason and they aren't going to make them and they haven't made them in like what 40 or 50 years for it to be worth something with magic there is artificial scarcity in the paper market because we have this thing called the reserved list where We're never going to print this again, ever. Legally binding contract, you can sue us if we reprint these, or anything that does exactly what they do without being worse in some way. So, while dealing with this at the same time, not only do we, do we the player base lose out, but it also creates this artificial bubble of prices on these cards. This is basically the housing bubble, but for people who play children's card games. You know. Every... Because the legacy deck now costs a small house. Well, so... As opposed to five years ago when it was a small car. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm glad that I built legacy when I did, because now's the time to... Oh yeah, ditto. Like, now is the seller's market. 
unfortunately, you know, it's never going to change until that bubble bursts and either Wizards decides to do something about these cards going up in price or... You know, know. Legacy and Vintage are just going to die. And the thing is, it's always hard for people to realize and it's going to be a long semester at the School of Hard Knocks before you understand. Wizards doesn't care. Wizards is not going to get rid of the reserve list because there's people out there making your bad Black Lotus used in, like, two decks cost $500. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not gonna go out of their way to break the trust of collectors who've been in the game for 23 years so that little Timmy Snotnose can have an old card in his casual deck. Personally, one of the things I like about Legacy is that price barrier because I hate so many of the newer players for their attitude that they bring to the game. Well, yeah, because um, by having a higher pay grade, you kind of have this idea of kind of like artificial... I don't want to say artificial age limit. Legacy is a gated community. You know, we... I like Legacy because you have to be in a certain mindset to drop three or four thousand dollars on a deck of cards. Our food's here. Give us one sec, guys. Thank you so much. What's up? Becky. Oh, here you go. Sorry. Um, we'll, we'll take care of This could stay in. Screw it. What do we care? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I guess you can edit it out. No. Put a little fine. elevator music here. Do, 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 do. No, it's fine. We're good. Here you go, Rick. Here's your food. Thank you. Okay, sorry. So let's go on. But, yeah. Like, it's just something that's going to be bothersome for 95% of the Magic community. And the last 5% is people that were already doing this. They just weren't announcing to Facebook, Hey, just so you know, I'm skyrocketing the price of this card. Right. So one of the problems that I have... Oh, um... Really, the only problem I have with it is the guy, like, tries to explain and talk down to people about how he's not a bad person for doing this. And you know what? If he didn't go out of his way to mention it, I would have, you know, on my own, just said, yeah, this is kind of the inevitable endgame of a collectible hobby. This is what happens. But instead, he goes out of his way to taunt the player base by trying to explain that, you know, I'm just trying to make money. I'm not the bad guy. The bad guy is whatever. The bad guy is capitalism. The bad guy is greed. The bad guy is... Just make your money. Take your paycheck, go home. Right? Like... You don't have to gloat. Yeah, basically. Like, people were already doing this before you. They just weren't getting up on a pedestal and trying to make themselves feel better about it. Hell, we got a guy down at our local card shop that spent like 20 grand on, you know, an old land. The price jumped and he doubled his money overnight with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's, uh... I don't know if there's anything we could do about it. There really isn't. Like, if you're already bought into the hobby, just hold on to your cards for another five years. If you're not bought into the hobby, you know, if it's during one of these price scares where everything's doubling in price, 
if one of the cards you want to buy has doubled in price in the last two months, just write the name of the card on a piece of paper, stick it over a basic island, and call it a day. Well, islands are OP, though. You're right. Use a bad land, like plains or forest. Or badlands. Yeah, badlands are cheap still. What are they? Only like 60? 60 bucks. So, uh, I'm hearing from the other room Chelsea saying, use a wasteland. Okay. So let's... She also says Wasteland isn't a real land. I don't know. We don't want to get the FBI after us for discriminating against Wastelands. Alright, so, while we before we enjoy our food, you can enjoy our food during the podcast. I'm not going to eat during it. When I was playing Magic and when I first started, there was no waste. It was just colorless. Go back to your dungeon. Never! Your craft dungeon. Come here, Fee. Come here. Shall stop it. It's starchy. Come here. Come here. Okay. Oh, Lord. So, I want to ask you a question. No, TJ, yeah. that's Have you ever gone to the... Have you ever gone to the point where you were just kind of, like, done with games for a little while? Like, playing video games? Oh, yeah. All the time. I can't... So, like, I've played games for a while, but I haven't been enjoying games. There's one game that, like, I play a game get into it for a little bit, but never really beat it and put it down and then never come back to it. Yeah. Have you ever had that game that instantly changes your mind on those games and you pick it up and you play it all the way through? James, I have like 5,000 hours on TF2. My first World of Warcraft account had 3,000 hours on it over the course of two years. Got it. So you only play like three games. I don't... I don't even... I wish I had some kind of function that told me how many hours of Super Mario World I have set. I mean, you could. But, so I wanted to talk about this because I wanted to bring up a game that I bought on Steam sale that brought me kind of back into the world of gaming again. Because I hadn't enjoyed a good game in a while. Yeah. Originally, like... Months ago, it was Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. Oh yeah, I still need to play that. So good. I bet it is. I love um, the music. Yeah, it's one of the best soundtracks. One of the best platformers I've played in a long while. And it's one of the games that got me back into loving games. Yeah. So, I bought Dishonored from the Steam store. Yeah. And holy crap, have I just been playing the crap out of it. Yeah. It is probably one of the better games I've played in a while. Okay, yeah, I see that. And so, like, I don't know, it's just one of those things that, like, you know what, I may get frustrated and I may put it down, but tomorrow I'll pick it right back up. It's not one of those games that I put down and then forget about it and then never play again. You know, like, I love Bloodborne, but it doesn't mean that I'm, I haven't played Bloodborne in, like, three weeks. Yeah. You know? You know, I've... On the during the dying days of my old computer, I started playing a lot of Magisite. Yep, that was a really fun game. Right. If I didn't see it on a flash sale for like a dollar, I probably would have never played it. And you know what? That's kind of okay. Right. Yeah. Like it was a good game. It's just not a game I'd pay full price for, and even you... though I played it for like eighty hours. Yeah, and like Dishonored, I paid five dollars for. It. Yeah, like, Magisite, when it was $2, and I get 80 hours out of it, fantastic. Great value. Loved it. I keep playing it, but I have a real computer now. 
and now you get to play Overwatch. Yeah, among other things. Did you see that they spoiled Sombra's gun? Nope. They spoiled Sombra, the medic sniper or whatever's gun. And Did you just say medic sniper? Medic sniper. Medic sniper. Wow, I can't wait to see everyone that plays her as just the sniper part. I'm pretty sure... Because you know how it's going to go. Every bad sniper is going to swap from the actual snipers to this one so that people stop complaining about the sniper. Or the fact that they have no heals. Yeah. Like what, does she shoot her allied targets? We think that it's one of those things where you shoot your allied targets to give them health, but you can also do a damaging snipe on your opponents. Alright. Which seems really interesting, because that's different. Eh, it's like the medic from Killing Floor. Yeah. Another game that I sunk a bunch of hours into. And then never touched again. Well, yeah, because everyone I knew that wanted to play Killing Floor with me moved on to another game that I couldn't play. You want to play Killing Floor 2? Not really. Why not? I heard it's bad. Oh, okay. Or it's just not the same game. Well, yeah, it's not. It's Killing Floor 2. Yeah. Now with more bodies. I don't... I don't want a different game. I want my sequels to be... Alright, here, let's let's go on to this topic. I want the sequel to my game to be that game plus other stuff. So, Bayonetta 2. I don't... Yeah, I want, like, Banjo-Kazooie, which rolled into Banjo-Tooie. I want Bayonetta that rolled really well into Bayonetta 2. Mm-hmm. I don't want to finish Metroid Prime go to Metroid Prime 2 and lose all my shit and have to play an entirely new game only to go to Metroid Prime 3, lose everything again, and then... Oh, God, hiccups. And then have to play all that stuff over again. Right. Well, I don't know. The... I understand that you can kind of saturate a game that way, but... I don't know. It's never fun. But what if you were... Okay, so let's talk about Metroid Prime, right? Yeah. I never played Metroid Prime 2. Or 3. Neither did I. I only played Metroid Prime. I just don't like them. Okay, so let's talk about another game, right? Let's yeah. talk about Castlevania games, right? Did you ever play Castlevania? Nope. Okay, that's not a good idea. I've... Oh. I, I've not played many games, but the games I have played, I know... I played them to every nook, cranny, easter egg, and frame error. So let's talk about... Alright, let's talk about Legend of Zelda. Ocarina of Time versus Majora's Mask. Oh, where to begin? Do you enjoy Majora's Mask? I love them both. They're great games. Okay, but into the rolling in from uh, Ocarina of Time into Majora's Mask, you lose all your stuff. It's, I don't know why, playing through it felt like I was playing, it was the same game from the same team of developers doing just the a different route, like... Okay. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not good with words, but... That's okay, you're not allowed what's to... What's the... I'm trying to think of, of a good example of this, where this also happened. Basically... I could completely believe that either of those games came out before the other, and I could completely believe that 
the that Majora's Mask was like they had the game Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and they were flipping a coin on which one comes out this year which one gets a slight graphical upgrade and comes out next year right well you know I never played Majora's or I never played Ocarina of Time as a kid yeah I only played uh, I only played Majora's Mask and that's yeah. okay because you know what Majora's Mask was one of my favorite games ever made yeah. I had the strategy guide for that game the because they, you don't remember the strategy guides for games in, on the Nintendo 64? I don't think I ever had them. My mom used to buy me games and strategy guides because it was like, well, you know what? It's a fun little thing that makes you think about the game. Huh. And like, I don't think I've ever owned a strategy guide for well, any of the games I owned. Well, so I, I liked the idea of having strategy guides because it was like, they didn't straight up gave give you answers to everything. Hey James. Yeah. The Order eighteen eighty six strategy guide. Sit down, watch movie. <laughs> no, did you see some of the pages on that? No. They would like describe the bot. They dis- actually described like what the cutscenes were, and they tell you in advance what the quick time event would be and when to push them. And they would put, like, they'd make it verbose. It wasn't press X when, during prompt, press B during prompt, press, yeah. you know, R3 during prompt. They would actually, like, go out of their way with it and discuss, like, start off with an X at the prompt to do an upward slash. Then your character will spin, and then there's going to be a prompt to hit B to fire your pistol. Finally, finish off the final boss of the game with a third quick time event hitting R3. So, what was... How did you, how did people mess up so hard on the Order 1886? I've got a feeling all of their budget was advertising and a graphical engine that looks like you can reach through the TV and touch it. And they were like, well, we can't really do anything oh, else. Oh, yeah. We have to put a game in here. Uh, take some Modern Warfare 3, but with lightning guns. Ah, oh, God. Like, you are in steampunk Victoria-era England with, like, Tesla as your wet armament, armor master, or whatever the word is. Yeah. And you're armor. hunting werewolves. There are so many ways you can take this game. And they just took it to the dump. And these guys just, like, made a movie? You know, I mean, I want someone in the comments section to post a sl- picture of Slowpoke. I get it. I am, like, a year and a half past when this was topical, but... Ah, oh, God. Are you excited for ukulele? Uh, oh, yeah, the lizard and the bat? Yeah. Yeah, it might be fun. Grant Kirkhope's doing the music! Yeah, but he's not doing the gameplay. Uh, He kind of is. Uh, The guy that did the gameplay I loved isn't doing the gameplay. Who's not doing the gameplay? I don't know. Yeah, he is. Is he? It's all the old rare people from Banjo-Kazooie on ukulele. Oh, I'll buy it, I guess. They're literally... And it's a PC game as well. Well, I guess I have to buy it now. You can play it on your PC. Can I can I make a PC mod to raise the graphics to require two 
NVIDIA 1080p graphics cards to you play. Know, you know the 1080 G, uh, GTX? Yeah, that thing. Yeah. I mean, you could. Whatever the new $700 graphics card Make is. Make it so that, like, the weather effects are so strong that it crashes any computer. Each individual raindrop is its own object which requires space in your RAM card. Each has its own physics? Like, we ain't, you know, we ain't some casual, nice-looking Order 1886 graphics where we animate all of the rain at once with a skin on the lamppost that's dynamic. No, each raindrop is its own physics engine. So what you're saying is it's Watchdogs pre-nerf? Pre-nerf. Do you know about that whole entire thing with Watch Dogs? They nerfed the graphics engine? Yeah. What? So, so what happened was, was that Watch Dogs came out, and like, if you, you can, I guess we can talk about, this is just old controversy, but that's fine. So, uh, Watch Dogs posted E3 footage, right? That's just terror, or that's like amazing, right? That's like top of the line, you know, like... This is, like, one of the best-looking things ever. This will be the new crisis. Yeah. And then you know what happens? They have to port it to console, so they have to downgrade the settings. Oh, God, what? Yeah. Did someone at least, like, keep the old settings as a patch? Ubisoft. Did someone at least keep the old settings as a patch? I think someone went into the XML files and found out how to boost the graphics. But it's still not the same. Man, can Ubisoft just, like not be terrible once I'm trying to think of anything that i actually really liked from ubisoft lately i played the shit out of the first assassin's creed yeah first and second it was Assa- a pretty it was a pretty good game i liked it second second assassin's creed was pretty good too yeah i heard that was like the crowning achievement of Assassin's creeds i just never got around to playing it yeah uh then, then I, they started churning them out every year for a while and they got kind of poopy and then they got to become the next call of duty Call of Duty Stabby Edition? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe that uh, we're at the point where games get churned out and then they pop up every year. Like, I can understand Madden, right? Yeah, you gotta update the roster, they do a little bit of graphical stuff, and you know, they put some, And they put some new cool stuff in there. Like, it's not like the core engine needs to be reworked every year. Well, because you're doing the same thing, you're playing football. It's know? like... The only time, the biggest jump Madden ever had to make was, you know, in 1999 when they started putting the, like, the little, you know those little black balls they put on people to make a computer-generated 3D model back in the 90s? Yeah. Way back when, like, you'd occasionally see an image for some 3D movie you want to watch. There's a guy running around just covered in sensors. Yeah. Yeah, they used to do that, but with athletes. And like, that well, was they the... still do that now. They do mocap right now. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but like they, when they first started doing that in the 90s or whatever, that was like their biggest jump. Ever since, it's just using more and more polygons and, and higher coming... and higher power and GPUs. Coming out with new ideas, too. Like, I think like the Madden's series, coming out with new ones every year is perfect for it. Yeah, that's something where, you know, you gotta update your roster, gotta update your stats on people. It is literally just buying an expansion pack for the Madden franchise. Yeah. Which is okay. And you know what? Quite frankly, if you love Madden, all power to you. Yeah, that was one thing I did see this year for E3, where the guy on Madden, 
Like, the world championship Madden player broke his collarbone yep. fucking around in the hotel room with someone. Yep. Like, not even in a cool way. It's like, yeah, no. we were, like, throwing a Frisbee in the lobby and I tripped over a table. Yeah, and he broke his... Uh, he think... broke his collarbone, like, mm-hmm. during the championship week. Oh, jeez. God. Just the look he got from that guy. Oh, God. We have to do all those chickens still. Yeah, and then after the chickens, I think we're done. Hopefully. Oh, no, because then Chelsea has more bats for us to stuff later. Oh, God. We're never going to be done. It's never over. It's never, Why is ever, it ever, ever, over? ever, ever, ever. My thumbs hurt. My body hurts. I want to eat. I want to go to sleep. It's past old man race bedtime. Jesus Christ. I go to bed at like 8. It's 9.40. All right, granted, I actually go to bed at like 10, but... Still, you still want to be in bed It's a pretty hard 10. It's like you fall asleep wherever you are at 10 o'clock. Yeah, so I got another 20 minutes before I just kind of... Turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, I've started falling asleep in my desk chair again, so... You need to stop that. You don't want to become a dingman. Oh, God, don't make me become a dingman. You're going to become a dingman. James, you know what? Tell you what, if you ever give me my own episode on The Roost... It's going to be a two and a half hour long episode of me telling the saga slash epic of Dingman. I think I want to title this episode, uh, Squawk Talk episode 12, Reserve List. We promise to never, ever, ever re-record this episode. (laughs) What? Get it? Oh yeah, I guess. Ah, but I can re-record this episode. Shut up. But I have a... I have a better mic than you do now. No, well, my good mic's coming in the mail. This mic's actually really great. I'm sure it's really great. Mine's better, though, for right now. Maybe. Yes, Chelsea? What? Alright, so... I don't know, man. I think we're good with this episode. What do you think? Ah, I could just keep talking and we can record it. I mean... What's the harm in making it go a little longer? Uh, yeah, we could go a little bit longer. Well, because I still gotta Wait, upload it. Yeah, I know, but can you pass those chickens over here? Yeah, of course. Um, so you guys are just chilling with us for a little bit. But yeah, I suppose. I mean, this will be after show, so... No, this will be up tonight. Guess you gotta listen to us talk after the show's over, and I... We can stop censoring ourselves, and... And we can talk about the B's and the D's and the C's and the... E's and yeah. F's? Like those things all over the whiteboard? Oh, yeah. I don't think we can talk about that, actually. No, let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, no, let's not. I, I like... Uh, I like having my job. I, I like being out of prison. Oh, I missed. Alrighty, I think I'm gonna call it now. I think we're good. Oh, okay. Alrighty, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Wee.